version 2.0 i am dan this is episode 257 three-fifths of the gang is here did i do the math right there rocket scientist you did holy shit look at that i don't know what that comes to in a decimal otherwise known as 60 percent 60 percent i see what you did there yeah i don't know where jesse's at who knows really what is jesse doing i don't know i think work is he working this week? Yeah, yeah. Okay, why that don't was you... my excuse last yeah, week. I was going to say, yeah, why don't you pitch him shit about that, Justin? Just go <laughs> I'm ahead. I'm going to. I'm going <laughs> to. I got to tell you, though, no, without pitching him shit, work fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. yeah. I'm over it. Are you guys over it? I'm over it. No, I'm, I still kind of, I'm kind I kind of like my job. I just don't Stand like quiet. The hours. That's because you play Fallout 4 for like 18 hours a night. While you're working, well, I do a ten-hour shift, and from about one thirty till seven in the morning, minus about forty-five minutes. Yeah, I do play Fallout Four and <laughs> watch Netflix. I some will nights, trade you jobs, my friend. <laughs> some nights are bad. Some nights that doesn't get to happen, and some nights I'm really busy. But typically, that's how the, that's uh, that's uh, not normal. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I I even though though I I still it's kind of fun to be back in nursing. It's kind of a it's good to feel like you're doing something productive. You're contributing to society. Yeah, I kind of like that. So by uh, shooting raiders, <laughs> shooting raiders, and upgrading your weapons, <laughs> upgrading my weapons. But now, dude, I am uh, I am actually the overboss of like three raider gangs now so oh wow okay yeah, things, are, things are going good in the fallout okay world. but uh sage he he probably could be here but we kind of had some uh circumstances in which we really didn't want him here <laughs> 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 no we uh you'll find out later i mean uh, we did a we did a uh a quiz show so we just needed to kind of free up some space so yeah Otherwise, he would be here. He's uh, we we gave him the night off. How does that sound? Yeah, that works. So moving into the week, did anybody ugh, did anybody do anything helicopter related this week? I feel anything. like I I need to start here. I need Good. to start. I wasn't here last week. I have not done any flying this week. I was pissed that I didn't make it last week. It was a good show. It was fun. You guys had a good show. We you had, had some fun. I, I, I told Nick after the way that last week was going for me, all I wanted was to show up on Thursday night, have a drink and talk shit. And I couldn't even <laughs> do that because of work garbage. So. You know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. But yeah, you guys, it sounds like you guys had a lot of fun. That was a 
real fun show to, to listen to. Um, I did actually get one bit of flying in earlier that week at lunchtime at work, which was another reason why I was excited to come on last week because it was like, oh my God, I don't get a no fly. So, you know, we, we've talked about uh, recently with the weather being all crappy, I've basically turned to having a, uh, a car heli that I have with me at all times. And right now it's, it's the goblin 380 that works perfectly fine. No big deal. So it basically sits in its little SAB case in the back of my car, 24 seven batteries charged, ready to go. And then I bring the transmitter, uh, you know, into the car every morning with my backpack, with my work laptop and such that way the, the transmitter's not sitting out in the, in the car. Um, and on, I want to say it was, is it Tuesday, a week ago, Tuesday, I was able to go and do a little bit of flying. Um, it felt good. It was kind of like, whoa, that's what a helicopter looks like. It's been a while. <laughs> I kind of picked it up into a hover and was like, this is pretty cool. It's very novel. <laughs> um, oh, now I remember. <laughs> Yeah, now I remember exactly. It does hover. It's not as bad as I thought. Um, got two packs in just because I actually did have to eat and then get back to work. Uh, so I didn't have a lot of time to to go flying around. But that did feel really good to kind of uh, shake the dust off a little bit. It got me a little bit angry. However, because the 380, you guys know we've talked about it before. The 380 flies great. Um, it flies way bigger than a 380. And so what that caused was me to get angry that I didn't have a larger 3D model to go fly. Not that I had the time to do it, uh, but um, I I really want to have a bigger heli for 3D. The 700 is the class that I'm looking for, although Nick... You piss me off, man, because every time we talk, you give me the whole 570 speech. Dude, the 570 would really be up your alley and so on and so forth. Yep. And I got to tell you, I've been looking around on the forums and there are a lot of 570s that are going used. I noticed pretty... that today. Did yeah. you notice that, Dan? I did. Yes, I did today. I was looking today. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been struggling with that a little bit, but I've been holding out for the 700. Last time I was on the show, we talked about the kind of weird off the wall winter project that I'm working, which is a lightweight goblin speed, uh, still working that haven't gotten out to fly it. It's pretty much ready, at least in its, it's, it's phase one version, but I need a bigger field to do that. And, uh, I haven't had time on the weekends or it's been raining. So no luck there, but it did get me thinking about, you know, flying bigger models for 3d and recently like earlier this week i got this overwhelming sense that i needed to buy something you know the you know what i mean like the irrational <laughs> thing where it's just like <laughs> no, you know what dude i'm not familiar like, with that yeah just, <laughs> can you explain that a little uh, more detail <laughs> you know you, you you're like okay look here's let's let's do it honestly here not flying much because the weather sucks or when it's good, like today, I go out. I go out to lunch today. I had to run out and get food, 
and then bring it back quick to get to a meeting. And I texted Nick and I'm like, son of a bitch, it's sunny out (laughs) and I don't have time to make use of it. So I'm not getting much flying in. Frankly, there's not a lot of wrenching to be done other than on the Goblin Speed, which is set up and ready to go. Uh, You know, the Speed Helis, I've been slowly breaking those down to do kind of winter maintenance on them and such. But other than that, you know, all I've got is the POS Nitro sitting in the corner collecting dust, and that's just not motivating me. So you 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 start looking around on the forums, which I, I love to do. One of my, we talk about hobbies within hobbies. The the umbrella hobby is helicopters. Then we've got the side hobby, which is we, we've got the podcast. That's our hobby within a hobby that we share. And then my hobby within a hobby within a hobby is shopping. Oh, yeah. I love buying shit, even if it I don't need it. Uh, haven't made a purchase yet, but I'm feeling the urge. And there are lots of 570s floating around. That hey, must Justin. be a seasonal thing. Justin, yes, you remember Nick. when, you, since you missed this, I'll, I'll give you a little taste of what last the last week was like. Hey, Dan, you remember when you got all fucked up on prescription pain stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and he went oh. shopping. Oh, Dude, that was the best. He bought SWS shopping wall stone. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, for the record, for those who haven't listened to that one, this was a, an actual medical thing. Like yeah. he was yeah, in yeah. severe he, pain. It wasn't actually. Yeah, this was what Percocet. I can't. Yeah, it was something, something like, like that. One of those high end drugs. But right. Yeah. I, <laughs> he got I annihilated. Got if I remember correctly, then, that was one where, like, a couple of episodes later, he's like, "Dudes, I got this package in the mail today. I thought it was going to be a really cool heli package. It ended up being like a hundred and fifty thousand microdines." <laughs> yeah, and like, <laughs> like, like, like twenty feet of twenty gauge wire. You know, <laughs> what? What? Why was I? <laughs> Where was that coming in? I don't know what I, and like I bought, I remember I bought like 15 feet of LED strips. Like Right, exactly. <laughs> Just random shit. Right. You must have yes. been planning a night ship. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. would be awesome. Let's buy some stuff. My, I still have those micro deans. <laughs> Obviously, they're, they're needed. I'm going to sprinkle your coffin with micro deans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Justin. Sorry. To okay, so so no, what? It's still it's all good because we're on the topic of shopping. Um, I haven't bought anything yet, but I want to. It's not justified. I don't care. I just want to buy some shit. Um. You know, the 570s that are out there, they're actually some pretty reasonable deals. But the one thing I want to I want to take a second to bitch about, and then I got a question for both of you guys, is uh, what is it nowadays with people that are unwilling to part out their shit? It's just too much of a why, hassle. I mean, it's is it really just is it a lazy thing? I think so. Yeah. I, why don't people realize that if you part it out, which you I get, get more it, for. it it takes a little bit more effort. You got to manage multiple sale threads and blah, 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 blah. You end up making more money. Quite a bit. Y- you yeah. do. And I can 
I don't know if this is the reason, but I, I can, from my perspective, this would be the reason. I despise selling shit so much, especially on, I, I don't, look, if you want to, if someone's like standing there, like at a fun fly and they can look it over, touch it, feel it, whatever, I, that's fine. I'll sell shit all day long. But the minute I have to try to do a description and send pictures, because inevitably I did this back when I bought all those helicopters in the beginning and then right. I started thinning them out. It's like I would sell one and I would just like, I'm pretty sh- I've covered all my bases. And then I'd get an email. Well, you didn't tell me about this scratch underneath. And I'm like, Oh my God. I, I just, then you, so you sell a machine. It's like you give them a good deal on the whole thing. Right. And, and you're done with it. You know, you're taking a loss, Right. And you only have to deal with one person. Uh, for me, that's it. That would be, <laughs> that's, if I'm going to sell something, that's how I'm going to do it. Because I just don't want to deal with the bullshit. Yeah, I, I get it. And it's just, I guess, you know, pot calling the kettle black here. I'm too lazy to sit there and negotiate with them to see if there's any chance of hope that they will want to part things out. because. Right. I've been down that path multiple times and then you end up getting in an argument and it's just not worth it. So, you know, to each his own, no big deal. Uh, I'm going to keep looking, uh, you know, not in a huge hurry, but I guess half the battle has already been won. And that is committing to being impulsive with large sums of money. (laughs) So we're past that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm ready. I just need to see what it is I'm going to pull the trigger on. So here's the question for you guys. If you could pull the trigger right now on anything new or used, what would it be and why? Because this I, got me thinking. It wasn't I was like I was agnostic to what the thing was. I just felt like I needed to make a purchase. That's easy. I would buy yep. a red and yellow 570 and give it to you just so I could get you something that actually flies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, well, you're you're actually joking there because I don't think you would spend that money on me. I, I would. I actually would just so you'd be like, you know what? Shit, I went out and flew today. I only needed one helicopter to do it. And I, uh, wow, it was easy. It was good. Yeah, I, I I would. No, I would. What would I buy? You know, I was having discussion uh, discussion with one of the, a listener of ours and a friend today. And Dan, you had touched on the scale thing. Mm-hmm. So if I was going to spend some money that wasn't mine, that's that's the key there. That wasn't mine. Okay, wait. Well, that was not. I guess I didn't specify. But oh, go I ahead. Did. I did. So if I was going to spend money that wasn't mine, I I'm I really think that I would probably buy. I don't need a turbine model or anything like that. I would just love to have a big 700 size scale model to build over the course of the winter. I mean, I've got Dan's gasser here. Uh, to scratch that itch, I've got my nitro. I've, I've, you know, all the rest of my models. I'm really happy with. I feel like spending money on, you know, like getting a 700 Black Thunder. That would be really cool. But I, I, I don't. You know, it's so close to what I have, and I'm happy with what I have that I think the scale would just be, 
freaking awesome. Now, are we talking like Mikado fun scale or are we talking about like full on hardcore? No, like testers paint. No, no, no. Making it look like the gun's been firing. No, definitely not like 100% replica. That's not me. I mean, if, yeah, Mm-mm. no, 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 no. I, my number one priority in this discussion I was having today with this gentleman is like durability, right? I want my scale model to fly, to for me to be able to fly it exactly how that model can fly in real life. So if, you know, like if we're doing an Apache or something the like that. The true definition of scale. Yeah, if it, if because right, that's how they get get judged, not just on how nice it looks, but how scale it flies. Yeah, and like you can do rolls in Apaches and you know and shit like that. And I want to be able to do that. I want it to be able to hold up uh, in, in an auto. You know, if I can auto it. So mechanics are number one priority to me. I don't want it to look like you know a plasticky. For, you know, like the little scale, like a freaking Lego helicopter or something. I mean, I'm not, I don't want that look, but. So are you thinking like, you know, Kip Newby, right? Have yeah. you seen his stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like the RC Aerodyne shells. Yeah. That's perfectly fine for me. It's not going to win any contest, not even close. It's very easy to put together. I'm not out there whittling shit and, you know going down to the hobby store and and buying yards of balsa wood and all that kind of crap. Um, but it's got to be mechanically sound. Like I am I would rather have solid strong 3D mechanics inside it and be able to see a little bit of those mechanics than have fully replica scale and have to baby it. Yeah, see, I don't think I could do it. I wouldn't be patient enough. I mean, I know you'd choose it as a winter project so that you could make sure, you know, within reason that it looks normal. I'd start at the front and get like the cockpit set up and all that, and I get halfway down and then I just spray paint the rest of it black. No, I could just because I, I I've I've lost interest. You know, my kid is such an inc- he's hit that age where he's just phenomenal at building stuff. Like he's like a freaking Lego guru, and I think it would be a really neat process to go through with Auden. Uh, just you know, to be able That's to fair. set it up in a table, you know, or put it on one of the benches out there and just go little piece at a time, all the way down, all the way down. So that's what I would do. Yeah. I'm not sure how this has happened, but I have three goblins in my fleet. Buying the goblins, that was the hard part. Deciding what servos to run in them, well, that was easy. I would even go so far as to say a no-brainer. Makes no difference if you're a brushless or a cordless fan. BK servos can meet your needs. In my Gasplins, I'm running BLS 8002 HVs and in the new 570 Corliss DS 7002HVs. These servos provide exactly what I'm looking for and you just can't beat the price and customer service. To find out more about these awesome servos, head on over to bkdesignsllc.com. Dan, so what about Nick's you? Nick's buying a scale Apache. What about you, Dan? You know, it's 
funny you mentioned you bring this up because it actually part of my weekly thing here. I um I've been looking at forums, uh, especially at night anymore. The last few weeks, and um, this this urge to buy something has also been creeping into my life. And it's funny that yes. you brought up the five seventy because I've been looking specifically, and I don't know why, because I already have one. But I'm kind of a you guys may have noticed this. I'm kind of a fan of duplicate helis. Oh yeah, I've, do, I've done that for a long time. It is a proven method to progress. I would if if I buy anything over the winter, and I probably will. It's going to be a five seventy. Wow, damn, dude! Let it be known that not <laughs> only did I nail getting Dan the appropriate model, but I'm going to nail it again without even doing anything. Same yeah. color. Uh, no, I'd go for a different color, but well, I mean, it, well, that all depends if the price is right. I don't give a shit because you can always change the color, but true. You know, you mentioned that five seventies on the mark on the forums and yeah, there's a lot, there's a couple really good deals right now on the forums for five seventies. If, well, if you want to deal with the getting possibly components that you're not used to, cause they're yes. not breaking them. They're not breaking them down, which I don't have a problem with, to be honest with you. There have even been like KSEs with like the three blade head and everything. Yes. Yeah. So, but that being said, if I could, if, if the amount of money that I was going to spend, like if there wasn't necessarily a, a reasonable limit, it would also be a scale, but it would, it would be an all out scale. It would be a turbine. Oh, God, I would love to have something like that. Would I fly very often? Probably not. But I think that would be cool as shit. See, I'm a, man. a decked out a decked out scale machine with a turbine. Are you kidding me, dude? I am more no. interested. See, I, I here's what I learned. So they have, oh, I was talking to this gentleman today, and he was talking about they have, like, like the competitions. There's, like, team scale, right? And I know that this is a planker thing to do, too. I don't need to particularly even own the model. But I know that there are a lot of older gentlemen out there that love, and their build skills are phenomenal. I would even be game just to be a pilot, just to be the guy that gets to show up and fly it. Because I I feel like more than the build... I'm actually really excited to fly it. I mean, to put some flights on it and hone my skills. I've been out there with the 700 on the low head speed, and I got to tell you, I feel like my my control and my precision is is starting to creep up there a little bit. So I'd even be game for that. I need like a heli sugar daddy, basically. <laughs> <laughs> So, Justin, I did have a question for you, um, and it kind of goes back to the first part of your conversation when you yeah. were talking about how it had been a while since you'd flown and you hovered the helicopter and how cool you thought it was. So, did you find, I just have to ask you, did you did you find that you landed real quick and then you just kind of said out loud, oh my God, I'm sorry, that was so quick, it's just been a long time? <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually did fly it through both packs, but but thank you, Dan. It, it wasn't that bad. 
<laughs> Give me three minutes of moist towelette, and I'll be good to no, go again. You know, here so uh, <laughs> Need a, recharge. It's, it's an it's an interesting topic. I mean, it's it's been a while <laughs> since I focused on doing you know flying three D helis. Most of my season was focused on speed, but um, what I find is when I get back to three D helis after taking a little bit of time off, most of the stuff comes back to me as if I hadn't stopped flying. Now that may happen to be due to the fact that my my uh toolbox is not filled with a lot of skills uh compared to like say Jesse or Nick but i generally feel like i can hold my own with mild you know smooth slow d and i i don't ever feel uncomfortable about going back out and just doing the same shit uh so yeah it it, it wasn't that bad cool beans man well, who's next? Oh, uh, are you done? You got anything else you want to add? To oh your yeah, week? I'm, I'm, I'm done. Ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to introduce to you Sir Isaac McSwashballs the Third. You have given your all upon thy sticks. You've fallen quite short. Well, you flew like shit. Now at thy feet, lay a pile of rubbish. Get out thy tools, and don't be sluggish. What is this you say? Where are all my parts? To see her broken, it tears out my heart. For there is one man that will march through a blizzard. He'll get you your parts, the legend. The wizard. Catch that wizard while you can at www.lowerheli.com. How about you, Nick? What'd you do this week? So I got a funny story, Justin. You were talking about buying stuff. Well, yep. I um, was quickly reminded that Heli Direct has a really neat little feature, uh, which is. I remember last week I had talked about I did buy a bunch of stuff. I got, I went and placed um, just orders all over the place, connectors and servo connectors and CA, and I picked up a, a couple pulse packs actually, Dan for your oxy. I decided to go with a, some name brand stuff, and then I got the I ordered the repair kit for my Neo. And all this stuff, and then, like, two days later, I got an email from Heli Direct that was like, we've still got this stuff in your cart. Are you sure you don't want it? Uh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do. So, most of it is here, uh, which is good. No flying, unfortunately. I have, I mean, there has been zero opportunity for me to fly. I'm pretty hardcore. I'm, I'm making a commitment to stay hardcore throughout the winter, but nah, I can't fly in the dark and in the rain. One or the other, but not both. I refuse to do both. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got a huge pile of XT150s. I kind of did a, a little shop restock, which we're actually going to talk about in a little bit. Um, and then started up solder. Dan, I got all the packs from you, the 6S packs for the battery review from you. I got those resoldered. 
And then as soon as the rest of my stuff shows up after I order it the second time, I will be getting that put in. Which, Dan, I can tell you that 100% the Venom pack is definitely dead. Dead. We, dead yes. Dead. 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 dead like, officially. Yeah, I will not fly it. No. Yeah. No. It, when you plug interesting. it in and you, and you go to, like, check IR... And your power lab giggles at you, you know that it's dead. <laughs> yeah, you give it. It's a, it actually popped up a little message that said, "Give it to Justin." Oh, great! Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty bad, but hey, you know that's all right. So to give an update on that, uh, I, I'm going to use my big air quotes for first place. I'm still kind of holding to my guns and saying that the Pulse is in first um, just because this is the, the is it a 65? God, no, I can't even remember. I have it sitting in front of me. I don't remember on the C rating. I'll check that. But pound for pound, you know, C per dollar, it seems to be a, um, just a little bit better. Second place, uh, the 50C OptiPower is definitely doing pretty good. Um, the Graphene Pack held out really strong for quite a while. I'm not seeing a performance drop in it yet, but I am seeing a temperature increase, and it is starting to get... It is not the rigid brick that it was when it showed up. So squishy, huh? It's getting a tad squishy. And and you it's really easy to tell on the 570 because it's actually, you know, it's 100 grams heavier, it's a bigger pack. And uh when you strap the battery around, I use the um so here's the trick for everyone on the 6S 570s, just use the Goblin 500 battery trays cuz they're shorter and you don't have to deal with all the extra tray length. Right. Um because they're so tall, when you put the strap across the top, it's actually really close to the pinion. And only until recently am I now seeing rub marks on the strap. So it is actually starting to puff up a little bit in flight. No performance drop, but definitely a little bit of an of an increase. So I'm going to be monitoring that one a little bit, a little bit closer. The 30C OptiPower... Um, getting, uh, again, starting to build just a little bit more temperature, not seeing a performance, but that one, um, seeing a little bit there, but the 50C OptiPower and the Pulse, um, are showing nothing like they're as solid as they were when they started. No difference at all. So, nice. yeah, I think that has been, that's about my week. I, everything's in storage. Uh, ready, storage charge, still ready to go. Cobains, man, I, uh, so we talked a little bit about the kind of the new schedule I'm dealing with. So, you know, as far as coming home in the morning and heading to the field, I actually put the 570 in my car, got the two batteries that I have with it switched across, uh, to the, uh, proper connectors. And I would say out of the last week, there were two days 
where I could have flown, maybe. <laughs> but I'm still finding... It's like, I, I kind of like, yeah, I'm going to stop because two flights, what's that? That's 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 20 minutes tops, right? Because mm-hmm. it's literally, I drive right by the field. It's, I don't have to go out of my way, and I'm like, but I'm, I... I kind of leave work and it's I'm, it's an hour commute for me. So, and I get about 30 minutes down the road and I'm like, mm, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll go tomorrow. <laughs> or. Oh no. Here's the deal. And I, I don't. Okay. So since we changed the time, it's no longer dark the whole drive home. It's, it's kind of dark when I leave, but. By the time I get to the field, it's not light, but the sun hasn't come up over the mountains. So, and it's it's still like twenty six degrees, right? And it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of cold. I mean, it's that's fair. I mean, that's I, chilly. And I just spent the whole night playing Fallout Four, and fuck, I'm tired. You know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> You you had me, and then you lost me. <laughs> so I, good intentions, I guess, paves the road to hell is what they said. But I'm definitely I wanna I wanna start doing that. I'm I just don't know with the winter coming on and and you know waking up now we haven't had any snow on the floor of the valley yet, but it's coming. It's like every morning you look up on the hills on the hills and you can see it. We're going to wake up at any any morning and we are going to have snow and that's just going to change everything because I don't obviously, when I go to work, I don't, I don't dress, I don't prep for, you know, dealing with six inches of snow. Right. So right. we'll see what happens. But, and unfortunately, typically I did a four week, four, 40, you know, 40 hours, four, four, 10 hour shifts. But they, as I mentioned, they kind of, Increase that, which gives me essentially one day where, like Friday is my one day. It's like where I can wake up and do what I need to do. And that kind of, I'm kind of noticing that's turned into the, I need to go shopping day and I don't know, lots of excuses, I guess. But what it boils down to is no, I have not gone flying, but I did get those batteries switched across this week and this, um, this urge to buy something. I don't know where or why that's happening, but but it, it is. And I've been checking the forums out. And as I mentioned, I've been noticing there's a lot of 570s. And I don't know why I would if if I if I find it what I consider a good deal, I'll I'll do it. But they and they're creeping up on some really good deals, like really good prices. I even saw a trekker, an aligned trekker. I don't know if that's a good heli or not. I know one guy who has one. Right, the eight hundred to line, yeah, for a thousand bucks. I mean, fully ready to go, everything. Wow, damn, that feels like a good deal to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's I see stuff like that, and I'm like, okay, we'll see. Something might happen, but you know, I I just I don't need another helicopter. But I, it's like we've come in, we're coming into this time of the season, the winter, and it kind of feels like that's the connection you know because uh flying in the winter sucks i hate the cold but i see uh brett bowen is creating i don't know what the hell did you guys see that on facebook i don't know he's like making some kind of 
like a ice fishing hut to fly out or some shit like that. What is he yeah. doing? I don't know. Yeah. He's building some PVC frame and he's going to put a heater in it. It does. I couldn't really make out from what I saw exactly what his end goal is, but it's just a, basically just in a big square. It looks like there might be a viewing window. It uh, looks like it's going to have some type of fabric. or And seats. he's going to fly from inside. Apparently, and it's going to have like a propane heater in there. It's a vagina hut. Yeah, it's kind of what it is. But so, you know. Interesting. It's just that whole winter thing. I mean, it's, uh, I just don't like it. I need to move. I say it every year. I need to move to a warmer climate. It's never going to happen, I don't think. But um, working on <laughs> buying another helicopter. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Damn it. I don't need another helicopter, but if I run across a good price. We don't need any of this stuff, so just throw the need part away and buy whatever the hell you feel like. And that's true. And also, too, I've been looking, I've been uh, with my time at night when nothing's happening, just kind of going through the forums because that's, I don't know, that's kind of fun part of the hobby for me anyway, too, is just to kind of peruse like sections of the classifieds that you typically don't go to, right? Um because you just never know. I mean, that's how I ran across that charger and that uh, Meanwell power supply for an ungodly insane price, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you just never know. So it's uh, kind of a scavenger hunt, kind of a, you know, antiquing as it were. You just kind of go out and looking for looking for good deals on shit. But other than that, I just haven't, haven't flown and I'm starting to feel a little guilty about it. <laughs> so I got to get out there and fly. I haven't flown for two weeks. Well, a week and a half. Oh, it's painful, man. But again, it's part of winter. One thing we're, I'm looking we're at. We're not warm weather dicks. We are not. And it's part of what's going on. One thing I am looking at doing, and I thought, I've been thinking about this for a while, is I, I really need to get another computer, a laptop. Um, Just for like when we go, you know, recording, because I had... When we do shows and stuff, like, cause I used to use my last job's work computer for that. Worked great for it. But one thing that would be, cause you know, I could actually be simming at work, which would be kind of cool if I had a laptop. True. So, cause I got a big, big screen TV. I just plug right into it. HDMI and bam, there we go. Bingo. So, so I've been kind of looking for some deals. I've got some friends that are. Uh, into that stuff kind of helping me out with that. But maybe I'll end up with a laptop and be able to do a little bit of simming. I just, I don't, I can't, I haven't been able to, I'm in a simming slum here too. I, I don't, I mean, I dusted the sim off a few weeks ago and it's just like, eh, eh, can't, I just can't bring myself to do, to, to consistently do it. But if I were, you know, at work, it's a little different story. It's, passing the time but yeah that's uh sad short and sweet (laughs) 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 oh man do we have any news we do have some news maybe we should go into some news what do you think let's Let's do do some news This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. 
So Align has released, man, they are, they are on a roll lately. Looks like they have a new tail gear for the T-Rex 470. This one, um, we are going to, looks like, increase tail authority with that. I, you know, I want to make something very clear, because this was also in a discussion I was having with the listener this week. Align models are great. They are. They've been making them for a long time. They've continuously gotten more reliable. How they cannot seem to grasp the concept. I mean, you've made a helicopter in almost every size. Why are you still not getting your tail ratios correct? <laughs> like, I don't get that. I really don't get it. These are good models. You guys have, I mean, almost as much proven personal data than any other company in the hobby and it's like oh yeah so we got a new one that's coming out to help you with tail authority because apparently if you didn't spin it at Mach 7.2 the tail will blow up sorry <laughs> but my hey my bad my bad <laughs> uh but hey at least there is one which I that really is the most important thing. We can mock it as much as you know we would like, but they did uh, seem to address the issue. So that is out. Uh, if you have a 470 and you aren't quite happy with the tail performance, I would get that tail shaft and pulley assembly. So Castles released two new BECs. Um, they have out now the CC BEC. 2.0 and the CCBEC 2.0 WP, which is basically the waterproof or marine sea car uh, or Pacific Northwest edition or the Pacific Northwest edition. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this is a 14S BEC, so that is wonderful. Um, a li- I'm I'm not overly wowed by the stats so for let's see for a 8s to 14s input voltage and if we want to run uh let's say eight volts on the output side which is probably the most common seven and a half to eight volts for us helicopter people uh you are looking at 12 amp peak hmm you know, probably okay for the efficient servos. Uh, I think it'll just kind of depend on how they deal with the capacitance thing and if it can handle the spikes. But that could be a problem for the Spectrum guys. <laughs> yeah, Spectrum guys are those power hungry servos, man. Some of them out there, they're they're definitely hard on BECs. Um. But, hey, you know what? It's cool. It's good to see Castle still coming out with stuff. Uh, they're, they're really, actually, they look quite small and compact. Uh, the helicopter or airplane version is not in a case anymore. It's actually shrink wrap style. It's got a nice big old fatty capacitor on it. So, you know, hey, I mean, it, it might be good. I'm, I'm a little bit cautious, but, you know, they have... 
good part about Castle, and this is probably one of my favorite things about them, is they have consi- since the days of the you know the fires in the one twenties, they have actually, I believe, consistently gotten better. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And, and that is really something you know we kind of give them a hard time, but they have, they really have their reliability and their feature set has consistently gotten better with every single thing that comes out. Now, you know, do I still think they're a little off, a little off a little bit for the heli market? Yes, but we also need to be realistic in that, I mean, heli market's pretty small for Castle in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, like this BEC, it'll go all the way up to 12-volt output. It's like, well, we, we don't need that, you know. Okay, but... Other applications, you know, big multi-rotor stuff or whatever. You want to run lights and LEDs and all that. It just, at least it's there and you can do it. So, yep, if you're a Castle fan and you're looking for a BEC, check that out. And that's all I got. Justin, you got any news? No, I don't have any news. Huh. Neither do I. (laughs) Sweet. Again, short, sweet, and sad. But anyway, I digress. Oh, wait. We do have news. Yeah, wait. Er Justin, I don't know. You missed this. And and for I feel like it's, even though, Dan, I think you brought it up last week, but I think we should bring it up again. Okay. Dan, you were a guest. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was. Oh, yeah. Dan was a guest on the Freefall RC podcast. So um, those guys are doing great over there. Ap- episode, what, 50? 48, uh, 40, well, 48, but they kind of did what, what we did, and they had, like, their first, and they, their first episode was zero. So Okay. So, yeah, 48, I think, is the official. But they're getting episode. right around there in the yeah, 50 mark, So yeah. which is good. They say that if you can make it past 30, then you're going to live long and strong. So congratulations to those guys. Head over there and listen to Dan if you're so inclined. Oh, yeah, it's boring. You know, I talk shit about the guys and how hard they are to work with and all that stuff. <laughs> I do need to listen to it. I haven't. I have not listened yet. No, they, you know, they, um, <laughs> they kind of, I think they do a good job. They, they. They're not all helis, you know, so they kind of they kind of picked up where where Chris and those guys left off. Um, they kind of deal with planes. I don't know if they deal with cars, but I think a little bit, but mainly flying, RC flying, and not just helicopters, but multi rotors and planes and that kind of stuff. So, good good group of guys. I had a, I had a lot of fun. It was um, it was a little it was surprising how quick it went. I didn't have a lot of time we kind of got right into it and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's time to go, time to go. So yeah, go check that out. It was fun. And I think they're doing a good job over there and, um, they're, they're, uh, they're excited about what they're doing and, and that just makes it all the more fun. So check them out. This week's news is brought to you by superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money back guarantee. That's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. 
So it's been a long time, guys, but we're going to, you know, we we have the quiz show. We don't do it very often, but it's so much fun when we get a chance to do it. And we finally put one together. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you right now. Um, Hollywood, it's the Nation versus Citizen quiz show. With your host, Dan Reed. And his wonderful co-host, Nick, Jesse, and Justin. And now, here's your host, Dan Reed. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And welcome to the Nation vs. Citizen Quiz Show. We do have Scott with us. Scott Brower, say hi. Hello. How is everyone doing? Good, good, good. Wonderful. So what we're going to do, Scott, um, Nick is actually going to be asking the questions. So I'm going to do a quick rundown. I'm sure you've heard the show before, but we're just going to kind of go over the rules really quick. Um, so what's going to happen is you're going to pick uh, who you want to go, and apparently it's going to be between me and Justin. <laughs> <sighs> So then you also yeah, get where? to pick you also Seriously. get to pick who goes first. If you want to go first or if you want one of us to go first. We're we kind of use the honor system. So you uh, when you're up asking the questions whoever you pick will will tune out as it were and um, and vice versa. So you're going to be asked 10 questions and you get a point for each question. The one with the most points at the end wins tie goes to the listener. Uh, yep. I think we mm. have for this week's show um, a special. Usually we do a gift certificate, but we're not doing that. What do we have this week, Nick? Uh, so this week we have a pair of the Random Heli uh, skid clamp. It's the track system. So it's called the T track system. Uh, we had got one of those. They sent them actually over for our fun fly. They were a little bit late, but that's all right. We've given one away. They are awesome for transporting your helis, all sizes, the whole gamut. So that's what we're going to give away. How's that sound, Scott? Sounds very good. Cool. All righty. It's cool and to be on just, the show. <laughs> and for consolation, because, you know, if you happen to not come out ahead, you do get a, I'm going to say you get a hat, but I think I had a conversation with Ken just two days ago. If you, if we don't have any in stock, you are on the list to get a hat. How does that sound? <laughs> That'll work. On the list. On the list. Now, if one of us wins, do we get the, 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 the skid clamps? You don't get shit. Oh, you don't get it. shit. Yeah. That's the rules, man. That's the rules. Yeah, I All know. Right. I know. All right. So, Scott, you feel pretty confident, All pretty right. uh, ready to ready to 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 uh, you know upset us as well, it were. I'm ready as ready as I'm going to ever be. Well, so, the first thing you need to do is decide oh, between I me guess, and Justin who it's going to be. Uh, I guess Justin. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, 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 oh. Going after the rocket scientist. 
That that don't mean shit. Just so that you guys know, I turn that shit off after I leave work. Nick and I can attest to that. (laughs) This is tough, but we got some good ones. And you know what? You know what's even cool? I am so prepared for sudden death as well. Oh, yes. No geography questions. I am prepared for the extra, 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 extra inning. How about that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nick's what we call a prepper. Sounds good. So you want to go first, Scott, or do you want Justin to go first? Yeah, I think I will go first. Okay. All Uh, right, Justin. All right, all right. I'm leaving. Send you a message when we're ready for you. You get out of here. Let me... um, Dan, I need you to keep score. Keep score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, oh my God, I'm not prepared. Let me pull up Notepad. How does that sound? That'll there you go. Great. That'll work. Okay. So we'll type in Scott, and I'll just put a little X every time you get one right. How's that sound? Okay. Right on. And we're going to give him, we've got a little bit of a Skype lag, Dan, so I'm I'm not going to enforce the five-second rule too much. If I, Scott, if I hear too many, uh, 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 and you keep it going, then uh, we'll nip it in the butt, but I'm going to give you a little bit of time. Right on. Okay, we ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. All righty. Question number one. Who was the lead designer of the original T-Rex 700 Nitro? Mm. Also a pilot. I think I know this one. Shh. Can't even think of an Alliance pilot right off. Ah. Eh. Okay. Can, I got to get guess? that from you. Can I get? Yeah. I, I messed that one up. Can, can I guess d- it, Nick? No, you, you, gotta, you got to. Well, okay. Go ahead. Jason Cross. Yes. That's correct. Sweet. Okay, here mm. we go. Question number two. A three millimeter Allen head bolt is most commonly removed and installed with what metric size driver? Oh, nice. I would say a two. Now it'd be, uh, yep. Yeah. 2.5. Yes. Very nice. That's a good one. I like that. You like that one? I do like that one. All right. One on the board. Here we go for question number three. What does CA stand for? As in our glue. Mm, cryogenic acrylic. <laughs> I can never remember what the hell that <laughs> Well, I give you props for creativity. Unfortunately, no, that is not the right answer. Uh, the correct yeah, answer no is cyanoacrylate adhesive. Okay. Uh, here we go. Question number four. Name three different brands that use a helicopter model with dual stage gearing. Um, Goblin. Shh. 
Let's see. Who else would be? I'm just going to have to say Forza and Thunder Tiger. I know the other two aren't right. No. To the best of my knowledge, uh, Thunder Tiger, they have never had a dual stage. Gary. No. Is the Dan is the Forza? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I don't remember. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I don't think that it is. Okay, here we go. It's not. So we got one on the board. Question number. uh, These were tough, man. I really enjoyed making these questions. Uh, Question number five. Name the pilot most known for doing an inverted auto underneath a pop-up and then landing on a table. There was a YouTube video of this. This one put him on the map. I've heard this before, and I'm not sure. And I'm going to say Curtis Youngblood. Eh, nope. Not correct. Yep. Dan, you know that one? I I do, but I can't think of his name. Nah. Uh, I've seen the video so many times. As soon as you say it, I'll go, ah, yeah. <laughs> it's Henry Caldwell. <laughs> That's what it is. H Oops. to the C. Uh, okay, here we go. Question number six. As a general rule, when nitromethane percentage in fuel increases, the glow plug temperature should either increase or decrease. It should increase. That's incorrect. It should Mm. decrease. You want a colder plug with the higher percentage (laughs) of nitro. These are tough, man. I told you these are tough. Okay, here we go. Question number seven. If I were to perform a pyro-tick-tocking vertical loop, switching from skids in to skids out at the three, six, and nine o'clock positions, I would be performing what maneuver? Mm. I don't know. No? Okay, that would be... Dan, do you know? Big Ben? No, that would be the Hong Kong Eye. Hong Kong Eye. Very high-rated K-maneuver. Wow. That's not what I learned that was. (laughs) No, No, I've never even heard that. All right, here we go. Number eight, we got one on the board. Okay, here we go. Name the manufacturer... Of the model of the first helicopter that Bobby Watts was involved in with more than just as a pilot. Hint, there was a special edition of this model called the Bobby Watts edition. Mm. So I need the manufacturer (laughs) and the model. Uh... I'd say it was the Hirobo. I don't. I really don't know. Nope. That would be Dan. You know, it's miniature aircraft. Yes, that's correct. And it's it's um, extreme. No, I can't. I can't no, it's the, the Stratus. It was Stratus. The, 
Miniature Aircraft Stratus Bobby Watts That's edition. Stratus. Okay, question number nine. Oh, this one we got to go back. One of the first commercially produced two-axis, key there, two-axis flybarless systems. This unit required the user to not only have this flybarless system, but a separate tail gyro as well. Name that unit. I think that was a line G70. Nope. That is the Skookum 360. I remember that one. Yep, and yeah. it was a nightmare. Okay, here we go. And it, here's a, this is a good one. I got a bonus point in here, potential, for question number 10. We've never done a bonus point before. Need all I can get. Yeah, okay, here we go. Question number 10, last question. What was the name of the first helicopter Mikado released? Bonus point if you can tell me the year. Oh, jeez. Mmm. Um, it's got to be the 550SX because that's the only one they... No, I, I can't think of anything. All right. the That is incorrect. Dan, you know? Das Heli. Das, no Das Heli. The first one was the Logo 20. No key. And it was released in 1999. Jeez. Well, Scott. I'd like to say you did good, Scott, but... Um, <laughs> well... We'd be lying. <laughs> Those yeah. are tough ones. Good ones, but tough I, ones. My one buddy, one of my buddies, I told him I was coming on here, and he said, uh, I don't think I could go on there. And he's, uh, he knows a lot one. of crazy things about helis. So. Well, man. I knew uh, I was in trouble then. <laughs> that's all right. Hey, you tried. That's all that matters. So let's, uh, let me send, yeah. Dan, can you send Justin a message? Okay. Oh, oh. Justin, the pressure is on, dude. Dude. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. Uh, so are, are you sure you're ready? No, not really, but... This this is some serious stuff. You better pour I yourself know, a drink. I, I, I've, got, I've got a stiff drink. I'm ready because I'm pretty sure Nick is going to try to dick me over on this shit. <laughs> I can feel a I can feel a massive douching no, coming up no, here. Oh, these are these are all legit, and I don't mind telling you, I'm pretty happy with these questions. Dan, would you agree? Yeah, I think they're pretty good. They're, some of them are pretty hard, but they're good. All right, I, Justin, I think they're general knowledge questions. Okay, Justin, okay. are you ready? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Question number one. Who is the lead designer of the original T-Rex 700 Nitro? Uh, Jason Krause. That is correct. Dan, you got that? I do. Okay. Oh, Dan's counting? Dan's counting, yes. You you, are and screwed. you're sure you're not drinking, Dan? <laughs> Positive. Okay. All, All right. right. All right. Question number two. A three millimeter Allen head bolt is most commonly removed and installed with what metric size driver? M4. What? <laughs> Poochie. 
Come what? on, man. No. That's not right. What did I get wrong? What? Repeat the question. A three millimeter. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Forget it. Whatever. Whatever. All right. Oh, dude. I do have to listen, don't I? Yeah, you do. A I would advise three millimeter. Okay. Okay. Continue. Okay. Mock the questions all you want, mister, but you got a simple one wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't hear it correctly. Go ahead. Okay. Question number three. What does CA stand for? Cyanoacrylate. Of course you know that one. Yeah. Yeah, dude. We kind of, I kind of figured that one. <laughs> you would, you would know that one. Okay. He, has to have it mem- he has to have it memorized so he can tell the staff at the ER room. Exactly, <laughs> dude. This time it's in my... Oh, never mind. Okay, next question. Uh, wow, okay, here we go. Uh, question number four. Name three different brands that make a helicopter model with dual-stage gearing. SAB, Minicopter, Henselet. Correct. Can you throw one more in there just for good measure? Oh, boy. Let's see here. Um, Agile. There you go. Okay. Dan, you get that one? I did. Here we go. Question number five. Name the pilot most known for doing an inverted auto underneath a pop-up and then landing on a table. Nick Maxwell. Nope. No? No, dude. You don't remember who who did that first? Who? Henry Caldwell. H to the C, baby. Oh, damn it. Yep, you're right. You're right. Way back. Like mullet and all. Yeah, yep, Mm -hmm. gotcha. While Maxwell was still in diapers, probably. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, and it was with a uh, a miniature aircraft, too. Which is no, that's no small feat. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Question number six. As a general rule, when nitromethane percentage in fuel increases, the glow plug temperature should increase or decrease? Decrease. That is correct. You hesitated. I hesitated because I, yeah, you were digging deep there. <laughs> you know, I have a natural... Um, Resistance to all things nitrozo. All right. Question number seven. If I were to perform, you need to get your visuals on here. If I were to perform a pyro tick-tocking vertical loop, switching from skids in to skids out at the three, six, and nine o'clock position, I would be performing what? maneuver a hong kong eye oh whoa oh hats off mr poochie nailed it very good nailed all it. right nailed it all right question number eight <laughs> name the manufacturer and model of the first helicopter that bobby watts was involved with more than just a pilot. Hint, there was a special edition of this model called the Bobby Watts edition. Okay, manufacturer was miniature aircraft. 
and the model was oh it wasn't the whiplash it was uh, uh, the fury and Nope, he first did a Bobby Watts edition Stratus. Ah, Stratus. Okay, yep, yep. Had to go back even farther than the Fury. Yeah, further than the Fury. That was like, what, early 2000s? Uh, Yeah, Expert. Yeah, there was the Fury Expert and the Stratus and all those. Okay, question number nine. One of the first commercially produced two-axis fly barless systems... This unit required the user to not only have this fiberless system, but a separate tail gyro as well. Skookum 360. Nailed it. He's got it. All right. Question number 10. I think I might get you on this one. What was the name of the first helicopter Mikado released? And a bonus point if you can tell me the year. Oh, boy. I'm going to say Logo 10. And the year was 2004. Eh. Was the Logo 20, according to their website. And the year was 1999. Seriously? I did not know Mikado was around (laughs) that long. Yep. They have a history page right on their website. All right. So, Dan, what was Justin's score? Six. Six Six. out of ten. Scott? Justin. Good job, Justin. I think (laughs) think he kind of smoked you. Oh, I won. He did did really good. He did. (sighs) I I, I remain the only host that is undefeated. Oh. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> However, yeah. I thought that you use an M4 to screw in an M3. <laughs> which... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the final Open tally. Your ears, Pucci. Final tally is uh, one to six. Is what it oh, is. Oh, Scott. <laughs> yeah. So those were <laughs> those were actually pretty rough, and they and they draw to a certain extent on a lot of the history of things. Which I'm not a big fan of the history, but Nick, you chose pretty damn good questions there. Why, thank you. But hey, Scott's not going away without anything. He's getting a hat out of the deal. Yes, sir. All righty, Scott. Thanks so much for hanging playing, dude. Yeah, absolutely. You are on the world's biggest remote control helicopter podcast, even though we are pretty much the only, but it still means we're the world's (laughs) biggest. (laughs) We'll take it where we can get it. Right, That's right, right, man. Hey, we really appreciate it, Scott. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful evening, man. Thanks, Scott. Scott. All right, thanks for having me on. All right, oh, see you. Betcha. Have a good night. See you later. You guys all know me, and you definitely know what I look for when it comes to helicopters, and that is reliability. For several months now, in hundreds of flights, I've been flying the MSH Protos Max, I'm to the point where I have complete confidence when this heli's in the air. I know that the quality manufacturing and the amazing part support from MSH USA will keep this model at the top of my list. For those of you looking for a top-notch 700 or even an 800 class helicopter, 
that screams quality and has an unbeatable price tag, look no further than MSHUSA.com. Scott! Dude. You didn't prepare, man. Scott gave it a... <laughs> I mean, oh, Scott. He Sorry, gave it man. a valiant effort. He did. But, uh... I think he had fun, though, and that's what's important. That's what it's all about. Heck yeah, man. That's what it's all about. But, Justin, you smoked him. Yeah. Undefeated time. I just gotta gotta listen. I don't mess around, man. I actually have to, like, hear. Hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. (laughs) Do you not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? (laughs) Man, no one understands the words that's coming out your mouth. (laughs) No, that was fun. I um, so undefeated. You're undefeated, Justin. I am undefeated, dude. And you've yeah. done one one show. One no, show? that was <laughs> third, I think. Wow, three, dude. Uh, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Jesse has not won one yet. Has he? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that would make Jesse defeated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know though. I, I could be mistaken. I, I feel oh, that's like, awesome. I think I've done one, and I think I was defeated. So Jesse's not. No, alone you've there. done two. I thought you were fifty-fifty. Oh, and did I, I think win one? Nick is fifty-fifty too. Uh, yeah, you won I think, one, didn't you, Nick? I think I have actually lost two by tie. Oh, yeah, that's right. You are the tie guy. Yep, yeah, and I've, Nick was I've the unfortunate one to get the when we, when we did tiebreakers, and and we switched from Ellie to like. <laughs> Yeah, to like ancient, random ancient yeah. Egypt questions, that kind of stuff. <laughs> that was bullshit. <laughs> that was fun. I, I like the tie goes to the listener rule. It makes it easier. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. It was fun, regardless. And uh, uh, like I said, get a hold of Ken, and we will uh, get you a hat for participating. We appreciate it. Yeah. There are very few tools in the hobby that really make you take a step back and admire their precision, quality, and simplicity. But when you do find such a tool, you cherish it. The Soko Heli tool fits this description perfectly. With its simple concept, adaptable design, and smartphone-based approach to setting up a heli with a level swash and the proper pitch ranges, there's not much more than you can ask for. All helis all sizes, one tool. So before you build or set up your next model, head on over to www.soco-heli-tools.com and pick up a Soco Heli tool. Soco Heli tools, bringing precision and simplicity to your toolbox. So Nick kind of alluded to what we want to talk about this week and uh, in his uh, opening what did he do this week section we were talking about um, kind of stocking up and this is the time it feels like this is the time of year to kind of if not start to stock you know actual the process of purchasing at least start planning out what it is you think you might need to restock Um, and there's lots of lots of outlets out there because some of this stuff that we get we just need so much of it. It just doesn't make much sense to go down to the local hobby shop and get like a pack of three. 
for yeah for you know yep twenty five dollars where you can get fifty of them for twenty five dollars if you go to various sources. So the big one, I'm going to go ahead and start because the big one for me is kind of obvious. I think I think we all do. I don't know, Justin. I don't know if you do this, but I I definitely know Nick and and Jesse do. But uh, your connector of choice, and I don't know, you guys have switched, so I'm not sure if your connector of choice is available at Hobby King anymore. But for me, it is because I I'm still old fashioned, right? I still stick with the EC fives because mm-hmm. I despise change and I refuse to let that yeah. happen. Yes, we know. Um, but we're up to me. I'd still be using Deans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't don't really care for Deans. But anyway, um, you know, so it's like the connectors and the heat shrink and the wire and kind of the weird little things that you always seem to need, but never really have. And when you do need them, it's like, oh my God, I have to have it. So you end up going down to the hobby shop and spending way more than, than you could if you just put a little thought into it and prepared and, and made just one massive order with all that weirdness. Yep. So for me, it's, it's, it's the usual, and I'm sure you guys are going to be real similar in this. It's like, it's like I mentioned, the, the heat shrink is huge. Like you can, you can spend a lot of money um, like A-Main or your hobby store of choice and get those nice little, and I've actually done this because I needed it in an order, get those nice little pre-cut, you know, they're like three or four inches long and they're organized in a little organizer. And those are nice, but my gosh, you, you could buy so much more. If you just buy in bulk, right? Mm-hmm. A little harder to keep, you know, nice and pretty like like those little organizers are. But still, when you're using that stuff, you just can't beat it. And the EC5s, like I said, uh, I don't... See, I've got a solution to that, though, an alternate. How about an alternate on the heat shrink, Dan? And I don't know if you guys have them where you're at, but I, I used to do the same thing where you buy the heat shrink in bulk. But, you know, I, I always end up getting, you know, depending on the, the grab bag packs that you get, you get a whole bunch of one type and then like a really short amount of what you actually really need unless you go and buy them individually. So Harbor Freight, I don't know if you've got oh, a Harbor yeah. Freight around you. Yes, They actually sell a little kit kind of like you're describing where they're like between four and eight inch pieces and they're all well organized, but it's like a total of like 10 feet of, of shrink tubing. And it's like $2 and 99 cents. And it even comes in like a little carry case. Harbor freight. I know this because I've bought a bunch uh, with my previous job. I used to go down there quite often for this kind of weirdness. And they also sell, um, short little rolls like three or four feet of pretty much any size heat shrink that come in a little, you know, it's they're, they're bulky. It's not like you could fit a lot of them in a tool case, but like for your, your, uh, like at your shop at home or, you know, wherever you're working on your helis, they're definitely, yeah. they're doable. They're, they're, you know, but you can get like that and they're cheap too. And it's decent heat shrink. I mean, I don't know. Have you guys had this? I don't know if I really appreciate the quality of Turnagy heat shrink. You know, because good, I mean, I don't know. Can you guys tell the, I mean, I feel like I can tell the difference between a good heat shrink and a not so good heat shrink. Yeah, but you know, sometimes I don't, like sometimes I don't want like the really good thick stuff. Um, 
because uh, certain stuff I know that I'm going to end up like uh, motor bullets, for example. Right, right. That you know you're going to cut. Yeah, I'm going to be in and out of those inevitably because I'm always, you know, testing different speed controllers and stuff like that. So I kind of like the thinner, almost cheaper stuff, so to say. But then other times or, you know, like if I'm putting a heat shrink over a servo connector where I plug it in and it's going to be an extension, it's going to be permanent, I slide. I really like the super thin stuff in there. But if I'm... You know, if I'm building like an extension and and I'm soldering multiple things together and then putting one heat shrink over it, then I go for the thicker stuff. So I th- it just kind of depends. So when you guys buy your heat shrink, do you buy a little bit of like inch and two inch and three inch heat shrink as well? Because oh, occasionally I always do. Yes. What do you I, mean like inch, two inch and three inch in diameter? Yeah. The bigger stuff. For yeah. like, I don't uh, go above an inch personally. Because I just, I don't use that bigger heat shrink on anything. I do, uh, well, I think my, yeah, I do. I think I do probably about an inch and a half maybe or something. Whatever will fit over, I have one that will fit over the UI sensor, the Mikado UI sensor. Because I'm, you know, I, I cut solder my own and everything and i like black heat shrink over that so i have some for that and then over in ec5 all the way over it i do have some that'll fit that i i've bought some i i bought um just a small roll i don't know just maybe a foot uh i don't even know if it came on a roll i can't remember but it's um inch and a quarter and two inch and i you know i don't know I don't necessarily have a purpose for it, but it's like one of those, it's like, uh, I have a feeling at, at some point you're going to be like, oh man, I could really use some. And then where do you go to get it? You know, then do you, so I like to have a little bit of that kind of stuff on hand just in case, because the nothing sucks worse than like you're at a point and, and who knows why, you know, you're, whether you're doing a rebuild from a crash or for whatever reason, and you have to put it on hold for a couple of days because you had to order something like that. So I, you know, I think that's a that's personal fair. personal preference, and it's not that expensive. And just to keep it on hand, it 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 just feels like I'm being prepared. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, yep. I hear you. I th- I think the you know the main thing to really that we're trying to get across here is that there are you know I'm all about supporting the local hobby shop, but I think yes. That everyone should kind of, you hit that point in your flying and your building where, I mean, you're either in it or you're not. And if you are in this hobby and you believe that you're going to be in it and stay a while, there is, these are some methods for really saving a lot of money in the long run. Um, A lot of money in the long run. And and I, I hate to take away from the local hobby shop business, but. It's just not smart to buy stuff, you know, use that as your crap, I forgot it type stuff, but, you know, or support them where you can. But on some things, I mean, like Dan was saying, I get, I'm not a fan of Hobby King for, I don't like Hobby King for all the things that they're doing with their models and their cloning, but from uh, a connectors, right? So I get my XT150s there. I get my my servo connectors 
Here's another thing that if you haven't done, man, holy crap, they are expensive everywhere else. I mean, seriously, they're way expensive. I buy those at Hobby King. Um, wire, absolutely wire. I've had no issues with the Turner G wire. 10 gauge, 12 gauge, and I'll buy like some 20 gauge for BEC type wires, like big, long, you know, 10, 15 feet of each of them. Roll it all up and save it. And I do that. Uh, Let's see what else. Oh, so I recently just did an order and I'm trying the CA this time. I haven't done that before. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and give that a shot. But there's a lot of stuff that, and yeah, I I dropped, you know, 50 bucks on this order. And you think, I mean, really? Do I really want to spend $50? It it's if you were to go buy all that stuff at the hobby shop in a, in equivalent you're you're literally talking $500 worth of stuff over the course of a you know a couple years or whatever so it really is worth it to do all that now i do my heat shrink a little bit different and my my fasteners i have uh that little mom pa hardware store dan you've been to it yeah yeah that has everything they happen to go, they go all the way down to two and a half millimeter on the, um, or excuse me, three millimeter on the bolt size, all different lengths, and they're really good quality. So I go down and buy all my three millimeter bolts and nuts um, from them. That's usually the only size, maybe four millimeter if I need some. But I actually buy all my heat shrink there because... I am a horrible judge of heat shrink diameter, apparently. It is a, <laughs> like, I cannot wrap my head around, oh, well, do I need 20 millimeter or 10? Like, I don't know. I need it to fit over this. So, Well, and that's why you buy a huge range of sizes. Yeah, but I... Because you're always, if you've got it, dude, you're going to find something to shrink yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, but there's like three, si- two sizes that I use a shload of. I mean, a ton of. And it's the one for, you know, for, like I said, for, for going over servo connectors, really thin stuff right. that goes all the way over it, and then my size for my motor bullets. I just use so much of that. So... I like, they sell theirs in strips. They're like four foot strips. And so I, and and different colors in each strip. So I can physically bring my motor bullet in there and just, whoop, yep, nope, that's the one that I want. And that's the one that I want. Um, But if you do that once and write down the size, then you're fine to order it online. Um, So that's about, that's about my exception. Um, Yeah, man, it... It's just a part of the hobby. It it is it is really hard to spend that money. Really hard. I mean, I put these orders off like, uh, I really need to do a hobby king order. And I put it off and I put it off. And then once I do it, I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> I just I feel yeah, like because you're restocked, you feel like you got what you need. You don't have to stress over like late night, oh shit, something happened. I need one of these. And now you've got it. Yeah. And I, I feel like I can be really prepared. I mean, they've got, you know, CA, thick CA, you know, red Loctite, blue Loctite, all, all these different things that if you're buying them 
I hate to say it, but locally it's like, oh my God, you go drop $200 worth of supplies. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm all for supporting the local hobby shop too. And I want to, I really do. Like, um, especially around Christmas time, it's a great place to buy. Like last year I bought, uh, you know, little UAVs, quads for nephews and stuff like that. But it kills me. It absolutely kills me. And I have to do this. And I think, Nick, the last time I went out or one of the last few times I went out to your place, uh, I needed to bring some EC5s. I didn't have any. I had to stop in and it just killed me to spend $7.50 or $8.50 on two EC5s. I'm just like, oh, but I need this. When you, it's like when I, when the, the cash register rings up like $25 and you're looking down at like, you know, two sets or three sets of, of EC5s, it's like, oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. That's just, that's just, Oh, I just hate that. I yeah. Just hate that. Now, Justin, you are you are with all of your weird little projects that you like to do. You have some pretty unique resources that I don't even that that I normally don't use. So, like, where do you get? You don't have that ma and pa hardware store like I do. No, so, I don't. Where do you go for like your screws and weird fasteners and stuff? I go to McMaster Car. I um Mc for those people who have never been to the website, it's one of those really sort of eh, it's it's bare bones. Mm-hmm. It's not uh it's not like super modern and you know not necessarily easy to find shit, but. Once you figure it out, you can find all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's it's one of those stores where you go there like, you you know, last order I made was a few months ago. And I originally went to, to McMaster Car's website because I wanted some uh, M3 lock nuts, like the nylock nuts, right? And I go and I buy a bag of those. And then I'm like, oh, hold on a second. Here's, you know, like related items. Here's some M3 fasteners. Oh, they're in stainless steel. They're shiny. I could get some of those. Okay. (laughs) And then, oh, here's some M2.5s. And before you know it, dude, I've got like a freaking like hardware store worth of shit in my shopping cart. And it's all super reasonable. They, the, the thing is, they usually sell that kind of stuff in bulk. So you can't just buy one screw. They're typically sold in like bags of between 25 and 100, depending on the fastener or the washer or the nut that you're buying, but they're super reasonably priced. So every, I'll say probably, probably right around eight to 12 months, I'd say at least once a year, I will go to McMaster car and place a decent sized order, like, you know, 80, a hundred bucks. And that's going to get me like a few hundred fasteners, nuts, washers, um, thread locker, grease. Uh, You can get shrink tube there if you want. Um, There are also uh, sort of random things that I can get, like I'll get bar stock aluminum. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'll do that, you know, you get it in like quarter or a half inch and I've got a set of uh, 
of thread tapping dies, basically. So I can then go and take that and cut it down, and I can either outer thread it so that it can be like a little post, or what I'll do sometimes if I, in fact, I did it on my Goblin 500, I ran out of, um, out of aluminum frame stiffeners. So I got my quarter inch aluminum rod and I threaded it for M3 internally and I popped two holes in the carbon fiber frames, tightened that shit up and now I've got a stiffer frame. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, there are all sorts of different bits and pieces you can get there. And it's one of those things where you're going to go looking for one or two things and you will absolutely find something else that you want and end up spending a bunch more money. <laughs> um, so McMaster car is the way to go for mechanical stuff. Uh, also like uh, G10, mm-hmm. uh, different colors of G10, G- different thicknesses. Like if you want to do, I've done custom battery trays. I made some of my own battery trays for the, uh, for the Gowie R5 because I didn't want to spend like 27 bucks for two pieces of carbon fiber and a block of aluminum. Um, That's easy to do. You can get packing foam and stuff like that for uh, like your transmitter case, or if you're putting your helis in like a a gun case or something, you can get the custom uh, pluck foam, that sort of a thing. Uh, The other really neat thing about uh, McMaster car is that you can buy Reasonably priced, but better than Harbor Freight quality tools like calipers, V-blocks. What's that? No No Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Well, now, okay, so so there's a there's a place for that. And I am not ashamed to admit that I have spent a lot of time and money at Harbor Freight because it's convenient. They've got a lot of good shit there. And sometimes I don't need a caliper that's going to be repeatable and accurate to a tenth of a mil when I'm not doing a job that requires that. Uh, So I go and buy the Harbor Freight one. Maybe it's lying to me for two thousandths of an inch. Who gives a shit? It was seven ninety nine. Right. And it looks like stainless steel. Yeah, but I feel like if you're going to lie to me about the little stuff, you're going to lie to me about the important <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I agree, Dan. I, I mean, Pittsburgh, yeah, you can go there if you want. Um, They do. Pittsburgh products are decent. I have I have a, a clone Dremel from them. Doesn't work as well as a regular Dremel, but okay. But but that that's what I use McMaster car for is all the mechanical stuff. Uh, drill bit sets for example, or tap and die sets I'll get from McMaster car uh, drill bits and tap and die. They're consumables. If you're using them a lot, you're eventually going to break one off or it's going to wear down and get dull. And so you can get, uh, get those very reasonably priced for good quality. Whereas you go to Harbor freight and, you know, I mean, I don't know if half the drill bits are actually made out of steel. Some of them I've used. I swear they're freaking aluminum. <laughs> when it breaks off trying to cut through a cardboard box, you know you've got issues. I like so, uh, one thing I like about McMaster Car too. For those of you who are 
Uh, I don't know. Some guys are drawing stuff up on CAD. Everything, pretty much anything you can get in McMaster Car, you can get a CAD drawing for. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. Yeah. And there's another site too called Zorro where you can get a lot of that kind of stuff. Oh. I've, used, I've used quite a bit. Z O R O. And it they do it's very similar to MasterCard, but more based not in more materials. Uh, aluminum, G ten, right, copper, that kind of stuff. But a lot of industrial stuff. Hey, I've got now, another one. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Well, so I, I was I was gonna say McMaster car is my go to for mechanical shit. But now if we're talking electrical, it's a different story. And I do have a mom and pop shop locally called Vetco, and you can look them up. They've got sort of a rudimentary website. Um, Vetco is, you know, if you picture picture sort of like an old, musty, you know, decades old building, concrete floors, nothing pretty, um, you know, the, there's just aisles upon aisles of shit. Some of the organization makes sense. Some of it doesn't. But as you go upstairs from the base floor to the second floor, you get even more crazy into like random ass stuff that, you know, one offs that they picked up, picked up on the side of the road or they got in like a closeout sale and it's being sold used. This place is sort of like a treasure trove for that kind of thing if you're into electronics and you can get all sorts of other different bits and pieces. So, uh, you know, that's where I do most of my electronic stuff locally. But if I do have to go and order online, then my go to is Newark, which is kind of like a big, uh, big radio shack. Uh, Mauser is another one. You can do that. Uh, Digikey, all of these are big electronics uh, sort of wholesalers where you can get millions of different items. Nice. I have another way to save some bucks. Yeah? Yeah. Because, yeah, this is one that I've done. I still do. I got started on it really early, and it's just, man, it's a winner. Bearings. Now, this stems... This stemmed from back in the days of the horrible Align bearings. I mean, I'm talking way back. Um, and, and a lot of the other companies, good bearings just weren't standard. Like, they really kind of are now. But so what you can do, especially as your fleet starts to, starts to grow, uh, this is a great opportunity to save some money. Start paying attention to the actual bearing sizes that you need. You know, okay, are all my 450s, if I've got a whole fleet full of 450s, are all of the tailcase bearings the same size? Well, RC bearings is like, man, that's where it's at. I used to buy, you can buy them basically in a little tube, and they come in a little plastic tube. And, yeah, I mean, you you do the order quantity and they just fill it up four, six, eight or whatever. And I was buying, you know, when I had like the T-Rex 700 Nitro, the electric, and every crash you were putting main, uh, main shaft bearings in there, you know, because that's just the design of the heli or whatnot. It was a great opportunity to buy those in bulk and save 
not only save some money, but then also it gave you the opportunity to purchase a better bearing, to get an ABAC 3 or an ABAC 5 bearing, and then not have to go, you know, to go there. You'll find that bearings bought in pairs with manufacturer's labels on them uh, are usually quite a bit more money. And I mean, it's understandable. It's business. They have to mark stuff up to make money. Um, but as your fleet size increases, you you find a big advantage to buying in bulk. Um, they have... Um, they, I, I don't know if they still do this, but for some of the older stuff, they actually had complete heli bearing sets. So you could yeah. yep. go in there and look up the helicopter and buy a set of bearings with everyone in there. Uh, probably another really big one is motor bearings. UOS guys, man, this is where it's at. I, it was their stainless. Uh, OS motor bearings are so nice. I was getting yeah. to the point on my 55s, my OS 50s and 55s, you'd buy the new engine, you'd take it apart, you'd pop the bearings out, and you'd put the stainless bearings in right off the bat, and you'd never, you'd bypass the whole OS eating a bearing problem. Now, YSs don't quite seem to have the eating bearing issues like OS um, does, but again, you can buy your engine bearings there, and they're way easy to find. They walk you through the process. They explain the different kinds. Motor bearings, you know, for your electric motors. I just I can't speak highly enough about getting stuff from that place. Yeah. that's I used to do that, just order bearing kits. And, uh, you know, the, the bearing kits, like, uh, and one that comes to mind just because – uh, I had to have them were the, the Align 700 Nitros. Uh, I didn't really ever price it out to see if it was a money saver, but it, what what it was, and that is more important to me sometimes, is a, is a time saver and a convenience saver. Because when you go and try to try to piece together a bearing bearings for a helicopter rebuild, if you're so inclined to replace most of your bearings, to track all those down could be a bit of a could be a bit of a pain in the ass, but to have that complete kit ready to go really is nice. Um, talking about fasteners, I I actually order a lot of my fasteners through Tacoma Screw. Um, I always felt like I got a little better price at Tacoma Screw um, than I did. McMaster car. And I don't know, I don't know. It, we're not talking a lot because they're not expensive to begin with, but just one, standard one thing, like black, black oxide fasteners yeah. or like the stainless steel stuff. The, just the standard, uh, 25, 12 or whatever it is. Yep, yep. I can't remember. Um, but one thing though, we've got here locally, um, two, uh, Fastenals. Uh, you guys are familiar with Fastenal, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I go, I walk in there, and it's Fastenal. I'm like, shit, they're going to have everything I need. So I walk in, and I said, point me towards your metric section. So they did, and I walk over there, and it, it's like 15 millimeter, you know, 12 millimeter, 10 millimeter, stops at 6 millimeter. I said, well, where's your 3 millimeters? Oh, we don't. 
we don't have those. And I said, oh, so it's fastened mostly, but not fastened all. <laughs> I haven't had oh, we, good luck with We fastened can get them all. in a couple days. No, I haven't either. Yeah. And they're way yeah. high quantity too. How many do you want? 100, 200, or 500? I'm like, three? See, I, would, <laughs> I, buy, them in, I buy them in 100, 100 at a time. I guess it depends on what it is. When I buy them. Yeah. I do 50 you know, to 100. Because it's like, you know, can you ever have too many three by eights? Can you really? You know yeah, what I mean? I can hold 90% of my components together with a three by eight. Yeah. So it's just, it's just nice to have a lot of that shit laying around. Uh, and here's another thing too. And, all of us have experienced this. I mean, when you are in the hobby for a while, you tend to collect these. <laughs> I mean, when even if you're not buying them and you're in the hobby, all of a sudden you'll have that dish or that pan or magnetic tray and you'll look over and you're like, holy shit, where did all those fasteners come from? Did <laughs> yep. I forget? Did I forget to put some shit back? You know, it's like, I, I, Maybe there was extra. I don't know, but you end up with a ton extra. Like, what did I not? What did I not put a fastener in? You got to ask yourself that. But no, they just kind of you end up just kind of collecting that stuff. But my big crutch with fasteners, and I know this Nick can attest, is I just kind of put them all into one bin. Oh God, damn. that no, drives Nick. No, 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 that, dude. So I'm sitting there Dude. and I'll be holding the dish and I'll have like a like my 2.5 millimeter driver <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll be kind of sifting through <laughs> trying to find the right. Oh, size. that does not work for me. No, nope. <laughs> that and would I'm drive like, me Dude, nuts. Here and so I grab like one of my bins. I flip it open. I grab a pair of hemostats and I go, Oh, there it is, and just pull the correct one out and hand it to him. And he's like, Yeah, whatever. Oh my god. You guys are too that, anal. That you're, kills you're too me. Anal. I've got them ah. separated by size, by head Year. type, length. All right, man. So what other time-saving, money-saving tips do you guys have for keeping yourself stocked? you got anything else? You know, I think that's... For, the, for supplies, I think, you know, that's really kind of the most of it um, for me. You know, the, the big one that I just... I personally go through a lot of is a lot of connectors, uh, a lot of a lot of heat shrink, and a lot of uh, servo connectors. You know, servo wire, uh, that sort of a deal. And I yeah. hate to say it, but you know, for those applications, Hobby King and and being prepared, making a list, writing out all the stuff that you need when you come across it. Go back to that little whiteboard that we talked about that we should all have sitting there, you know, so that you can actually remember it when it comes time to order and, and use the winner to do that. And I think you'll be good to go. We've got an exciting episode coming up, Dan. We do. Yeah. You, you, you did not get to get in on this, but we have one, this sparked, uh, cause we were excited to talk about this. Cause I feel like when it comes to this kind of stuff, like we got some skills, you know, and there, and there's, I'm, I'm stealing a lot of these skills from like the planker guys out there. A lot of planker guys are way, they're into this, you know, because they're building stuff from scratch so much more. So right. they have, they're really into their supplies and organization, but we've got coming up 
we're going to talk about um, setting up a workspace. Now, I'm not talking Ooh. about buying an 18-foot trailer. Um, I'm talking about, you know, setting up a workspace, whether it's your wife allowed you to have the corner of one room, so all you have is a four-by-eight table to work with. You know, if that's all you got, that's okay. Uh, we're going to talk about if we can put stuff on the walls and if we can't stuff put, put stuff on the walls, what we feel are kind of, a, you know, requirements to having a, a good working environment. We're going to talk about some tools that we think are must-haves where you can save the money and where you where you should buy, you know, really good quality stuff. So I'm excited for that. I think a lot of people hit that point in the hobby where it's like, man, the kitchen table just isn't cutting it anymore. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Setting up the workflow, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of good ways to do it. It's not just one way. Oh, so, no. yeah, I'm I'm excited about that one. I might learn something on that episode. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably learn something, but you won't do anything about it, which is okay. <laughs> so OHB's coming up, as you guys know. And uh, it's kind of exciting because we've got a special guest, Carrie Shirley and Bert Kammerer. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. Well, it's time for uh, the Orlando helicopter blowout again. Oh, yeah. Coming up on December 1st through the 4th. Obviously, it's in Orlando, Florida, as always. Not and, really. Uh, it's in Okoye, but sure. Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if we get a TFR, it'll be in, it might as well be in Orlando. But... True. Um, now, uh, you know, we're looking, looking for some good weather and, um, you know, hope to see a lot of people here to have some fun. Hoping for, uh, RC Heli Nation enthusiasts to come <laughs> down and, uh, visit our event. Absolutely. There you go. Sure after, we- after the, especially after these guys sit a new trend with their event out there on the West, which you guys, kinda which you haven't bothered to-, to come to yet. So disappointed in you. So disappointed. Really? Yeah. He, he went there. Going, yeah, he went there. You're going to go there. Yeah, he really? went there. He, he did actually go there. I can't yeah. believe this. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we, oh su- we support your event. Yes. What have you, you given up? What have you given us? Wow. So listen, Bam. listen, I have to interrupt this because they always complain about the trip and how far Orlando was and. They did the same with Urcha, such a long 29-hour drive and this and that. So now you understand what it's like to travel halfway around the country. It's horrible. Um, it really it is, is horrible. <laughs> it really is, especially when you have to bring equipment or helicopters or whatever. I'm just but, hearing a uh, bunch of pussies whine about traveling is uh, what I'm hearing. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we're all going I'm to focus. We're going to focus <laughs> on your East Coast audi- audience. Okay. Which might find it attractive and relatively easy to attend a blowout. How about that? I, would, I agree. I think it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. In fact, we've got a lot of lot of Florida support. I'm, I suspect that a, a lot of listeners will be there. Oh yeah, and All- the Euro- and the Europe the Europeans they have no problem traveling five thousand miles. Yeah, they got to do that for everything. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's a must do, man. That's for sure. I mean, it's a it's a blast. I know we had an absolute riot. 
I sure Absolutely. wish it was a lot closer. Yeah, we enjoyed uh, having you guys down here. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, so tell us, tell us, uh, give us a little bit of history for some listeners that uh, might not know. How long have you guys been doing this event? This will be year number nine. Nine years. Yes, we started in 2008. Um, It was the idea of a former club president we had way back in the day that wanted to do an event. And, uh, his name is Alex. He's still around. I see him on occasion. He's kind of given up on the hobby a little bit, but he shows up every two blowouts to say hello. And uh, <laughs> he <laughs> he wanted to do an event. Wasn't was he was the one who started all this carry right? Like at least the idea, the original idea. Yeah, it and, was originally uh, Alex's idea, and we actually had a very small fun fly at our old field one uh, one time. It did. It wasn't very well attended, but it was the beginnings of all this. Yeah, and then from that, I think that fun fly was way back. If I'm not mistaken, it could have been 2006 or seven, probably seven. And then in 2008, we talked to the folks at uh, RCACF, which is Remote Control or Radio Control Association of Central Florida, because we didn't have a field that was suitable or we couldn't get the right permits or whatever it was. I don't remember exactly the the ins and outs of why we couldn't do it at the torches field. But we talked to these guys at our CACF and they, uh, they were pleased to have us. And we, we did the first, the first formal event under the name of OHB Orlando helicopter blowout. And that was 2008 around the same time, same date, first week in December, um, first weekend in December. And, uh, and we had a decent turnout that first year, Carrie. I think we had, a. It was unusually high for events in Florida at the time. I think we had about 130 on that first year, 130 nice. registered pilots. Yeah, it was and, in that range. Uh, yeah, and then from that point, it just kept going and going and going. So it's been, uh, this will be, the, again, the ninth year, which, uh, which is kind of cool. It's kind of like a Central Florida RC helicopter tradition at this point, I believe. Yes, so, yeah. So yeah. you guys have a, there's a... You guys do a little bit of charity work with this event, don't you? Yeah, we always uh, take up a collection either uh, for spectators, uh, either in terms of uh, a small money donation or we ask them to bring a toy. And then we deliver that either to Toys for Tots or uh, last year we went to the uh, local police department who has their own toy drive and uh, supplied them to them. Um, but yes, we've, uh, we've tried to support at least one charity, sometimes, uh, more than one. We've done uh, Ronald McDonald house a couple of times. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wonderful yeah. thing. Anytime you can do something to give back, it's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, every proceed we've always, pretty much every single last dime we've always made, um, from the event, we've always given away, to charitable organizations or we've basically reinvested into the club for club improvements. Um, club doesn't really have much in terms of facilities or, but we've, we've contributed to, to funds to help the club. I, in fact, the little gazebo the club has with the little paved there and all that was, that was all hundred percent funded by, I believe, the first or the second blowout, you know, we've always tried to use the money to either help our own club or, or to help a charity. So 
we we don't particularly like to ascribe to this thought that the hobby's declining. I mean, we were we saw an upturn in numbers, but it's just an undeniable fact that over the, the last year or so, maybe two years, people are you know the numbers at events are are on the decline. Uh, whether it's a cyclical trend or just kind of the state of the economy, who knows? What are your guys' thoughts on that? And how, how do the numbers uh, from, say, last year and the year before, how do those compare? And how what are you expecting for this year? Yeah, there was definitely a downturn last year. Um, let's see, that would have been 2015. 2014 was the biggest uh, event we'd ever held. It was around 350 people last pilots, year. Was- pilots. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's pilots. Yeah, there's usually about a thousand people on site on Saturday. I mean, you guys, you guys saw what it was like, uh, oh, in yeah. the noontime show. Um, last year we had, uh, in the range of about 280 registered pilots. Really don't have a good idea, you know, what we might see this year in terms of, um, turnout. The pre registrations are about on par with any other, any other year. So it's hard to say. Uh, weather plays some part in that, you know, if the, the forecast is good, more people show up, um, cause I guess they, they can plan a little better. I do know there this, is. I do mm-hmm. know this, our, our sponsor, sponsor, uh, support is incredible this year. Well, that's yeah. awesome because that's, I mean, that's whether you, <laughs> you know, no one likes to really talk about it, but those things are very, very key you know, to, to putting on an event, you kind of have to have them if you want it to be big. I, I, I do, I do have a comment to make. Um, I, I do, uh, firmly believe that the RC helicopter hobby's down. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not saying this because, uh, of anything in particular, but you guys probably have seen, um, maybe you haven't that I started, I, I've tried to start kind of a movement to get people, wound up and riled up about trying to promote RC helicopters because I do see a decline and you know, I don't, you know, I've had some negative criticism here and there saying that, you know, what I'm trying to do sounds kind of negative because helicopters are not dying. Well, unless you live under a rock or a tree, um, you haven't noticed that indeed they are, I wouldn't say dying, but they have gone down drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's undeniable. You guys' event seems to be uh, very, uh, you know, successful. But when you look at the big at the big picture and you think about events like Urcha, um, where it has been clear and obvious that, you know, they've lost attendance. And I can't point pinpoint numbers, but, you know, they certainly dropped from having over a thousand pilots and and 15 to having roughly about 816, I mean, that's a drastic change for a big event like Urcha. That's 20% or yeah. close to it. Um, you know, you can see uh, certainly events that were extremely popular in the Southeast and, and some of the largest events in, in the whole United States, like, for example, Birmingham, Alabama and Huntsville, uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and some of these events that used to hold, you know, have host 300 pilots. Now they're barely getting away with, or, you know, maybe, maybe not 200, but 200 plus now they're getting by with 60 or 80 pilots. So, I mean, there's been, there's been a decline. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully the, you know, this will not be something that will 
last and it's just a cyclical thing. But um, like Gary said, in terms of the number of uh, uh, sponsors involved in the blowout this year, we have just as many as in any previous year. And I, I was really honestly a little bit worried thinking we wouldn't have the support from the sponsors, which is crucial and, and, and extremely important to make the event happen. And we did. So I don't know. We're just looking at the future with a positive, positive, uh, you know, optimism, but, but it does seem like the hobby has declined a little bit. So everybody that's listening should play their part or the role in trying to promote RC helicopters to try to keep it at least where it's at, if not rebound to where it was or even better, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, since you kind of opened that door, I want to kind of walk in it a little bit. And I want to talk, I want to get your thoughts uh, in particular. It's, it's apparent that you've put a lot of thought into, you know, with keep RC helis alive and, and these, uh, th- this promotion that you're doing, have you, what are your thoughts on why this is happening? I mean, have you, have you just, have you been contemplating that it's happened, but you're just not sure? Or do you have a, do you have a uh, kind of I, an idea of why you think it's happening? I have a lot of different theories and I'll, I'll try to give you my answer in a matter of a one minute span, but I could talk about this all night long. Um, several different reasons. Uh, to me, the number one reason is the, the, novelty or 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 the hype about quote-unquote drones i think that you know the user the the person you know i i got i started in the hobby because i wanted something you know i was already doing airplanes and i loved airplanes but i wanted something that i could find in a uh, fly in a smaller smaller space maybe my backyard that i could hover and so forth those people that had that mentality that wanted something like that would have had to go to a hobby shop back in the day a local hobby shop and ask for assistance and they would have been sold on some little 450 size machine back in the day or in the in in the in the most recent years maybe some kind of blade helicopter and they would have probably came back to to that local hobby shop after a couple of months and they would have gotten hooked and they would have been talked into a larger machine and joining a club and they would have eventually been part of the hobby Nowadays, you don't have to do that. These people that want to get involved, they just go to Best Buy, they buy a DJI drone, or they go to GameStop, or they just go online to any of these major retailers that are completely mainstream, and they just buy something that you push the button, fly, and lands itself. And this new generation of quote-unquote hobbyists, they're really not hobbyists, they're bypassing the local hobby shop altogether, and they're never joining the hobby. I think that's that's something that's contributing to the lack of new, fresh blood into the hobby. Um, another thing that has hurt the hobby, in my personal opinion, is the greediness of some of these manufacturers that have um, released way too many products in, in way too short of a period of time and a cons- constant and consistent release of new things um killing interest on behalf of the consumer you know the more stuff that's available the the less interesting it becomes and the less enthusiasm you get from the consumer um to the point where you know a new release is not even important anymore there's no more hype about something new because everything is basically you know a slight improvement over the old generation and it happens so quickly that you know within a year's time you know, if, if unless you make a, a lot of money, you, you can't afford to buy all these new things. All God, I'm so glad um, that I'm not the only one that thought that. Like we talked about and, this. And it, and 
and and it's not the usual release that used to happen back in the mid to late 2000s we're talking you know in the last two three years you're seeing a new model every three months and and oftentimes when that new model is released it's not just one that's being released it's two that are being released so it really kills uh, some of the uh it, it it really hurts the market because it change it kills the enthusiasm and it it it, it devalues the, the the it devalues the product itself. So people are more skeptical about spending their hard earned dollars because you buy a helicopter kit that's a thousand dollars today, but in six months it'll technically be to a degree outdated. So now if you try to upgrade or sell that kit, you might get thirty percent of what you spent on. Yeah. So that is another huge contributing contributing factor, in my opinion. Um, third thing, lack of innovation. I mean, which I'm not blaming on anyone, but you know, I feel like we had so many advancements. You know, we went into better motors, better battery technology. We went into flavorless systems. We've done all these things in such a short period, and all of a sudden, we faced uh, three or four years of stagnation in the sense that there's been nof nothing revolutionary. You, you got this market acquainted and comfortable with a constant, uh, you know, evolution or, you know, improvement in technology and, and, and equipment. All of a sudden that kind of stopped or became, you know, came to a halt for a while. Um, I mean, there's, I can keep going on and on. Like I said, I just don't want to drag this too long, but I, I think there's a lot of different reasons as to why the, you know the the the, the helicopter ho uh, segment of the hobby in itself is as slow down the way it has. I still think there's an instant gratification uh, aspect to this because you know the average person's going to go out to the field. They're going to see somebody like Bert really throw down and do some really cool stuff, and then they're going to realize that unless you're you know five years old and pick things up instantly, you may take years before you can do that. As opposed to just picking up a, you know, some kind of toy at Best Buy, and it, you can at least hover and fly it around today. Yeah. No yeah. Yes. And and yes, and that is something that you could not work around back in the day. And now you have very easy workarounds to that. And and you know that is again, in my opinion, highly responsible for 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 the slowdown in the helicopter market. There's no need for having to build something from scratch anymore. There's just way too many options that are too easy to not just get ready to fly, uh, bypass the whole building process, but and also too process. easy to fly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Too easy to fly. Absolutely. Hmm. So, but, but again, like, I don't think this is something, you know, there's always cycles, you know, it's kind of yes. funny. I was discussing this, uh, on a thread and on a well-known forum and, there was somebody saying that, well, back in, you know, the hobby's not declined. In 1965, there were less people, <laughs> you know, flying helicopters. So, well, listen, in 1965, the average cost of a car was about $5,000. You could buy a home in the U.S. Median home uh, sales were going for about $40,000, and the population of the country was $200 million. You know, fast forward, you know, 40 year, uh, 30 years and and now you're you're talking about a whole different story if our numbers are slightly better than 1985 that's quite pathetic you know yeah, yeah. i'm actually he said 65 my bad 65 that's 50 years ago fast forward 51 years and 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 things are a little bit different so you yeah, really the can't numbers compare. are not relative they're not relative. yeah absolutely absolutely not absolutely not 
Um, no, that's a that's a good topic, and actually, we just recently kind of talked about the the innovation aspect. Um, but we digress. I mean, that's that's really not what we got you in here for. But I, you know, it, it's a good conversation, and maybe we should get you on here, and we can talk further about that. Uh, but back but to, the point of the matter is the the, the blowout. Sorry to interrupt, Dan. The blowout is one of those things that we do for the only reason um, of promoting this great hobby of ours. You know what I mean? And so that's why every year we spent countless and countless of hours, Carrie and I and some of the guys at the club to make this happen. It's just because we truly enjoy the hobby ourselves and we feel like this is helping promote the hobby in itself. And like it, it might, it might get a few people interested in getting into the hobby. So to us, this is like a very important part of the event. So yeah, yeah, and, and, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. A lot of people think these things. You know, they look at all the people and the sponsors, and they think, "Man, you guys are making a fortune on this thing." But <laughs> as you well know, in most in most cases, we lose money. And as Bert said, it's not it's not about the money. It's about promoting the hobby and and inviting people to have fun and enjoy. You know, the same hobby that we love. That that's a very important aspect because. Um, you know, these, uh, these events that are focused and kind of centered around the pilots, the, the everyday pilots, they can come and learn and have a good time and get to see some, you know, world-class pilots fly at the same time. It's a, it's a winning combination, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of what you guys do. And that, I mean, that's a very memorable event. I mean, I think back to the year we went there and man, did we have a good time? I mean, it was the, especially for those of us from the Pacific Northwest to get down there to some nice, summer-like weather in the middle of December is just a treat. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, it was just, it was gorgeous, man. It was absolutely gorgeous. It's not too late to book your flight. You. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's too late to get the time, though, unfortunately. As, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> so tell us what, um, who are you expecting? Who's going to who's gonna be there this year? Who can we uh, look forward to see? We have... Pretty much the same repertoire of all the people that we've had in the past. Um, you know, all the same big names um, in terms of you know the the you know the well-known pilots and, right. or quote-unquote celebrity pilots. Most of those guys are coming. Stacy's coming. Um, I mean, you know the drill. Like most of those guys will all be here. Mm. Um, we have people visiting from Europe. I think a little bit more people this year than in previous years i've had a lot of chatter about people making the trip from england and making the trip from italy and germany and finland i mean it should be kind of cool and uh and then for sponsors like harry said we have um i should take a second to acknowledge some of these guys because uh we really appreciate um you know their support if it wasn't for them we couldn't make the event happen but uh but we have a pretty decent list of sponsors like Carrie was saying earlier, you know, we have the usuals supporting the event, like, you know, like SAB, of course, is back and Empire RC, um, Experience RC. All these guys have been coming for years. HD Helicopters is coming from Germany. Um, Heli Direct, um, Scorpion, you know, good old George. He's been a, a very big supporter of the event. So we want to acknowledge that. Um, miniature aircraft, uh, the new yeah. German version of miniature aircraft will be here 
Um, they're a premium sponsor, so we're looking forward to having them. Wow. And then, yeah, we, we have a pretty decent selection of sponsors. Then on the basic side of the sponsorships, we have A-Main Hobbies. They've been supporting us, too, and Bavarian Demon, um, Castle Creations, uh, Aero Panda. That's a new retail shop for uh, Danny Milnick and, and those guys down there on the, on the east coast of Florida. Um, Evolution Helicopters is a sponsor this year. Uh, Random Heli, Ray Leopard, super nice guy. He's going to be there. Rotorcraft RC, your boy Cashwell will be there with his charging cases. Expert RC with their servos, Jetty USA. I mean, we ha- we have a list that's uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, yeah. they came out of the woodworks at the last minute. I was kind of freaked out for the last few months, and all of a sudden, people started to sign up. They were like, what do we need? What do we need? And in fact, uh, Carrie knows we had to reject a couple of them that showed up last minute and we just couldn't accommodate them because it was a little bit too late. So, yeah. So that's a good problem to have. We're kind of stoked about it, you know? Yeah. That's cool. So how, how can, uh, you guys, uh, have a a pre-registration and when does the, when's the deadline and all that good jazz and it's on flight deck, I'm assuming. So go ahead, Carrie. Yeah, it is on flight deck. Uh, just look for Orlando helicopter blowout. Um, it's the it's the same sign up as it's always been. Um, the registration is going to close on the twenty eighth this year, just a little bit earlier than normal. First day of the event is Thursday, December the first, um, and then the last day will be Sunday, December the fourth. It's going to be a uh, old-fashioned fly-in this year. You know, last year we did uh, speed racing and we had an FPV course, and you know, it was really a much broader event. This year, the focus is on model helicopters. Good. Pretty much the same as the year you guys went, because you missed last year. So yeah. it'll be the same as when you guys went. We'll have open flying all day Thursday, open open flying all day Friday. Then Saturday is our big day where we'll do the noon demos, uh, probably about noonish, and that'll go for an hour and a half to two hours. We'll have auto rotation contests in the afternoon and some other cool smaller contest, kind of like that we gonna pull out of our sleeve last second here and there just to keep the crowd entertained and do something cool for them. And then of course at about uh, right before dark, I would say five ish or four thirty five o'clock, we'll do the big raffle where we, you know, give away all the all the big ticket items that the sponsors have been kind enough to to donate to the event. So, um, and then night flying afterwards, which uh, this year we're not doing like an organized sort of fun fly uh, uh, night competition, but as always, you know, Saturday evening at the end of the festivities, we'll, you know, we'll have the lights and people are more than welcome to hang around and, and do some night flying themselves. So it should be, it should be a good event. We're looking forward to it it's uh i always carrie and i both always talk about this and we uh we kind of hate all the stuff we have to do because it's a lot of work and changing your mindset from normal work to to getting your mindset uh prepared for dealing with the things you got to deal with to get the event ready it's kind of a drag but but you know in the end it's always worth it because we all in the end have fun and we enjoy it and we feel like everybody does too so we're we're pretty excited about it I, yeah, I know this a, topic is I know this topic is dear to your heart, but there will be no organized spotlight flying. <laughs> <laughs> to hey, my heart or dance? Well we're you know, Carrie, we're I don't know. 
We're we're trying to be open minded this year. I think this is the year of of uh, growing from us. I couldn't resist. I heard you guys talking about it last week. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I'm I'm not against it. I think there's a lot of things that could be done safely, and there sure is a lot of things that can be done unsafely. Yes, that's the thing. So I, you know, I think Nick and I both kind of re-examined our thoughts on on spotlight flying you know the kind of in the traditional sense because you know we do the night flying with the construction lights at our fun fly but uh kind of have been i guess in the past we've been kind of against the whole spotlight flying but uh as of recent maybe a change of heart you know you you know we've never allowed that at our event though um I don't remember the. I don't even remember the sing, a single time when I saw a pilot trying to fly to the spotlight and he got away with it. But you guys have been um, how long? I mean, have you been doing the construction lights at night since the beginning? Um, since we started doing the event at the existing torches field, with which I always have a hard time remembering when that transition happened, Gary, from RCACF to our field. I think it would have been 2010 or 11, right? I think it was about six years ago. Yeah. yeah it's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, if you don't want people doing something one way, then provide them a way to do it a different way. And all of a sudden, it's, like, not a problem anymore. Right. Marvel concept, right? Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, yeah, we yeah, haven't absolutely. had an issue with it either. Because we just provide yeah. light so everyone can fly. And, I mean, it's no one really, like, needs to. Yeah. And in the field, you know, that field, obviously, you've been there. I mean, if you turn those lights off, it's absolutely pitch black. Yes. <laughs> um, so those lights stay on. You know, we have, excuse me, we have three of those lights that uh, stay on at least till midnight every night, if not later. I think Saturday night, they stay on till one or two in the morning because I usually stay on site mm-hmm. and I'm the one to turn them off. So I turn them off probably one or two in the morning. And uh, trust me, I don't think anybody has flown to the spotlight because I would have been woken up very easily if somebody was trying to fly while I sleep at the field at 3 a.m. So, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, that that usually, yeah, that usually doesn't, doesn't work with me anymore. I used to do that myself, but not anymore. (laughs) At midnight, I'm done, dude. I'm like done, ready for bed, especially after you've, you've seen how busy we run during the event. Oh, yeah. um, So, but no, it's, uh, it's. I agree with you. It's if you don't, I think that's, that's a really good, really good reasoning behind that. Nick, if you don't, if, if you provide the lights, then they have absolutely no choice. They have to use the lights, you know, they're not going to try to venture into doing the spotlight thing. I think the spotlight thing is very dangerous myself. I don't, uh, you know, it's, I think it can, it it, it can be, it can be. So, but Anyway, so when is it again? Give us, uh, tell us one more time. December first through December fourth. That's uh, yeah. in about two weeks. Two weeks. Thursday through two weeks from two weeks from yesterday. Yep. Uh, wow. Thursday through Sunday. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, RCFlightDeck.com. Search for Orlando helicopter blowout, and you'll find it. Or you can go to Facebook slash Facebook.com slash Orlando helicopter blowout. And, uh, and, and you'll find the Facebook page for the official fa- page for the event. 
and there's a link on the left hand side that says registration. And if you click on that, it takes you straight to uh, the the actual page within um, the RC flight deck where you can register for the event. So and it sounds real good, guys. If you pre-register, you get a, a cool custom T-shirt. It's orange. the The color is orange this year. It's still a black shirt, but the design is orange. Very nice. And uh, if you pre-register, you get one of those. If not, uh, they'll be available for sale. Yeah, every year we do a different color. We've had a green year, a blue year, a silver year. Uh, God, I don't know, Carrie. Every year we have a different color. We're running. I think we're out of colors. Does that mean we have to fill the <laughs> event at the end of this year? Anyway, yeah. this is you'll have to get one of those. The, uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll have to get one of those uh, sixty-two crayon color <laughs> things. Yeah. That yeah. Get so this is this is the orange year. So if you pre-register, you get a nice whatever T-shirt. What else do you get, Carrie? Do you get a koozie this year? I forgot. Yeah, we've got koozies and we've got stickers just like every other year. But you stickers, get those koozies. You, you get a nice little pilot bag. Yeah, you get that regardless. The t-shirt's the only special thing for pre-registration. So you get a t-shirt and you don't have to really wait in line. You just tell the people at registration, my name is such such, and they just give you a little bag and off you go. Whereas if you don't pre-register, you might have to stand in line yeah. and you're not gonna get a t-shirt. So don't be that guy. Go ahead and register <laughs> right now. Be that. Be the internet guy. is open. 20, don't be that guy. The internet is open 24-7. You can go right now. It's 9.42 Eastern time. Whatever time in the Pacific Coast. I know this is recorded, but whatever. Just go and register. doesn't matter. Don't be Sounds that guy. Sounds good, guys. Carrie, I wanted to... <laughs> I want to... Uh, I want to get you on the show here soon because I know there's some stuff happening in the gas world. I uh, don't really have enough time to really kind of delve into that, but I just wanted to let our listeners know that we've been talking about getting you on for, for some time. When you get done with the, with the fun fly, and I know you're, you're heading out of town for a few days, uh, we'll get you on and we'll get, uh, get some gas-powered uh, thoughts conversation going. Uh, other than that, guys, we really appreciate you stopping by letting us know what's going on. And we wish you guys the best and hope you have a very successful fun fly. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. So did you guys, do you guys, uh, I know, Justin, you went to OHP last year. Can't do it this year because family stuff. New edition. I got a baby coming. He's yeah. got a baby. A baby. A baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I sure enjoyed the when we made our trip down there. And I know I was talking with uh, Carrie the other day on the phone. He's They're pretty excited. He's pretty excited about this year's uh, event. Not, I mean, they're still feeling like they might be down a little bit on attendance, as he mentioned. But um, uh, he feels like sponsorships really stepped up this year. So. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with Bert's new um, uh, "Keep RC Hellies Alive" kind of promotion that he's doing. Yes, I love that. Hell yeah, dude! I, I think that's agree. pretty cool. I'm digging. Cool. Uh, my project for uh, this weekend is to go back through. I see people. Uh, Bert got it started, and I know like Bobby Watts and Nick Maxwell. All these guys were throwing up like way old pictures. Exactly. Yes. And I'm I'm stoked. I'm gonna go back and find those pictures of like my old helis, like my 450 and my two. I know I've got them somewhere, 
and, and I'm going to start posting those up. So I think it's super cool. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I was actually thinking the same thing because I'm going to go through. I know somewhere I've got a bunch of photos of like the old Bergen and and just from way back then, you know, uh, flyboard machines from back in the day. I think that's pretty cool. That's the one thing I did. The participation is pretty impressive. I mean, the people who are are uh, you know digging into that hashtag and and starting to post those old photos of those old machines. It's kind of cool. Kind of cool to see. So just kind of supporting the hobby as a whole. I think it's a great idea, you know, because I think, uh, I think that about wraps this one up. Um, we should do some emails. We should. I think if I, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You would send me an email to Nick at rchelianation.com. Uh, catch me on Facebook at Nick Len RCHN, or, uh, sometimes you can snag me in our heli freak forum over there which by the way is doing wonderful yes it is how about you justin you could send me an email to justin at rchelination.com or catch me on facebook or the forums as justin pucci if you wanted to get an email off to jesse you could do that at jesse at rchelination.com and uh jesse also saw i just think it's just jesse solomonson on facebook isn't it yeah that's what it is uh sage S-A-J-E, Sage, at rchelionation.com, Sage Marvin on Facebook, and some weird-ass name on the Facebook or in the forums. <laughs> Don't know. Haven't bothered remembering what that is yet. Ouch. One of, one of these days, it'll stick. I just, it's razor sharp, right? Hey? Yeah? I think so. Anyway. There you go. Not real sure about that. Uh, Ken, if you wanted to get in touch with him, you could do that at Ken at rchelionation.com. If you have... Any questions of shirts, citizen registrations, anything like that, you could send that to him. He'll get right on you. I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rclnation.com. Dan Key, read on the forums and Facebook. Thinking about changing that, though. <laughs> That's a whole other story. We won't get into that. <laughs> Facebook just hasn't been a lot of fun lately. What can I say? Yeah, my mine is now a uh, no political zone, and I don't mind telling oh, you. Oh, my God, dude. It is awesome yeah, i cleaned house I, yeah, I basically it's... gave my facebook wall a colonic and all the shit <laughs> came out <laughs> it just dropped out to the bottom that's so right. should be freaking painful to even yeah. have to deal with that shit yeah it's yeah let's let's get on with our lives anyway um <laughs> yeah so let's uh sounds good to me all righty, guys, this has been episode 257. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. Are you sure? I'm not sure about that, but you I'm sure. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes you For will. Episode 250 something else. Eight ish. Yeah. Turkey day. Later, guys. Later, guys. How many body parts have you glued together? Three. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by BK Designs, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli. Superiority and MSH USA. 
If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Right. So a, a three does a 2.5. Yeah, but then you get all fucked up with like the scorpion tools. They list the screw size, not the driver size. Oh, they don't. They, they don't. absolutely do, dude. No, mine, mine don't. Mine don't. Mine says M. Mine says two point five millimeter, which is what I use for a three millimeter driver or three millimeter three millimeter screw. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, guarantee it. How much you want to bet? I'm, I will I'm bet you a. This. I will I'm, de- I'm bet checking. you a speed heli. You know, go the get easiest a goddamn, wh- go get your driver and a set of calipers. My no. calipers are upstairs. You know what you need to do? The easiest way to check, Justin, since you're sitting, is just pull up a manual of a heli. Like pull up a Goblin 700. You know, every fucking screw on the side frame of that is, takes a two and a half millimeter driver. Yeah, and, let's see. Yeah. Um, Okay, I, I am going to go do this really quick because it's going to drive me absolutely fucking nuts. So just wait a second. I'm going to my goblin right now. It was funny, Dan, because I was like, you know, I'm 90% sure that's Confirmation, the 2.5 driver fits into a 2.5 hex screw. Go check it. Don't need to, because I know that's not right. I just did it, dude. No, now what most common? I just took I just took a Scorpion that says 2.5 millimeters on the handle and stuck it into three fucking frame screws on my Goblin Speed. Hold on. Did I get yep. this wrong? You better go check, man. No, you didn't get it wrong, dude. Guaranteed. Go check. Okay, let's see. Yeah, no, no. Dude, Justin, look yep. at the Goblin manual. M3s, M3 by 8s all over the side frame. Your fucking handles are on wrong or some shit. So you're telling me that when you stick a three millimeter handle into the side frame, it fits? No. A two point five five fits the side frame bolts, which are M three by eight millimeter. Okay, yes, you're right. I'm on board. Yeah, okay, fine. I was getting mixed up. That's not why I said M4, though. I really thought I heard <laughs> fucking four millimeter head, so it doesn't make a difference. I was an idiot either way. <laughs>